Well, thank you so much, Adam, for joining us today. I have been such a fan of your work. I've done some research on you, and we're good friends now yeah. because we had a chance to get to know each other. Plus, we're mutual friends of my best friends. So. Yeah, and I'm, I'm honored to be here with you. Like, I'm really excited, really excited to talk to you about everything that's going on with the movie and other projects. So, well, yeah. let's get at it. Yeah, let's get to it. You've got an mm. incredible film but bef that's coming out, mm -hmm. which is called? Man Down. Yeah, but before yeah. we get there, mm -hmm. we need to we need to know all about Adam Simon. Don't you don't you, those are dark waters. Those are dark yeah, waters you don't want to swim in. We're okay, going there. we're gonna go there. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Because you know, from the outside, you know, people are watching this and they're mm -hmm. hearing this. You're probably thinking, oh, Adam Simon sounds like another gentleman in Hollywood, right? Yeah. You're almost like the complete opposite of what people think. Yeah, in more ways than one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not related to anybody in the industry. I come from a blue-collar, working-class family. Um, and the only marketable thing that I had working for me was persistence. It, literally, the story of my life can be summed up into this play. I was doing uh, a, a play called The Outsiders at Joe Walker Middle School in Lancaster, California. So it's, <laughs> it's the opening night and my entire family is there. Packed house, all my friends. My entrance was, I come running on stage in the middle of this gang fight and I say, and I yell, pony boy. I run out on the stage and slipped and oh, was no. like, you know, those cartoons where their legs go and I was like doing that and like flailing in the air. I land on my back, I slide, fall off stage and into the orchestra pit. Oh, and no. and the rest of the uh, actors that were in it, they all improvised. They ran to the edge of the stage and they're like, Daryl, you all right? You all right, buddy? And they like helped me up and I'm like, yeah, where's Pony Boy? And that's that was kind of the story of my life. It's always been that way, getting knocked down and trying to get back up and trying to get back into the game and, and putting on a performance and creating something that people will love. There's some, this is a pretty dark, deep theme that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Where did you get from being 13 years old to this film? I have a great family. Um, but I grew up in kind of this strict religious environment that was um, a little crazy. I, I left it and got out of it. And it, it, it was that, um, you know, there was that, there was that struggle as a kid. Uh, I uh, also went through um, abuse uh, from a from a relative in the family, as did other yeah, but as did other members of my family. And I speak very openly about this. It's like just this thing. It's what you know. Shia told me when we were on set for Man Down. He goes, you know, we all come from shit, but we're able to come out of that and make something beautiful. And I think that's the story of Man Down. Really, is even the stuff in the childhood. It, it, it set me up for everything else that would happen in my life. Uh, I was married, had two kids, went through a divorce, went through a bankruptcy, ended up on the street. I um, talk about that. Yeah. You, you, you were talking about you were living on the street, you were living on different people's couches, and at some point <laughs> you were living in the restroom Yeah. Um, while still pursuing your dream. And you weren't giving up. You were yeah. still in acting school, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was managing this apartment complex and for in exchange for free rent but i wasn't working because i was still i was just living off of acting gigs and anything i could get and i was also writing i was constantly writing i was writing every day uh i had this um 850 square foot apartment uh no bedrooms it was just a studio and i had four other actors and my two kids 
after just three months of doing that job, the owner of the property comes in and he says, uh, my nephew needs a job, so you're out. And that was it. I had no income, no money. Uh, I sold my car um, that we were sleeping in. Uh, my kids still remember, my daughter remembers, we, we would go to hotels and pretend like we stayed there the night before and go in and eat the continental breakfast and then like grab like apples and bananas for like the rest of the day. And my kids were just troopers, like they were great. But then it, it became apparent that like, that's not a healthy situation uh, for kids to live in. And so their mom's amazing. Like, she's really great. And so the kids were, were living with her. So that's when, at that moment, things got really dark. And I, I just, I would apply for jobs. I'd look for stuff. And nothing, like, nothing was working. I'd go out for acting gigs, and it's just rejection, 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 rejection. And it was one night, it was just too far to get back to this friend of mine's house. I had stayed really late. I was doing what they called an artistic, where you get one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, it, we just ran, we ran super long. Buses weren't running, and I'm like, great, you know, I'm stuck here. So I went into um, the bathroom stall behind the, in, in the parking garage behind the studio uh, where I had it. And I didn't tell the teacher what was up or what was going on. Uh, I stayed the night there and I started writing this letter to my son and my daughter. And I started off addressing my son and it was, uh, my son's name's Gabriel. And so I just said, Gabriel, you know, I wish to God I could be where you are, you know. Um, oh God, it's gonna kill me. Um, but, and it was, uh, you know, I wish I could be where you are, you know, protect you, hold you, you know, I can, I see your face, I hear you laugh, I hear your footsteps on the living room floor, I was just going crazy. It, it felt so good to just tell my son that I loved him, and then to go on and tell my daughter how much I loved her, like just how much I cared about them. And I thought, I need to like continue on this thing, whatever it is. And so I started writing the story of a man that was living on the street and just trying to see his kids. Like that's it, that's, that's all the story was about. And it was around that time that uh, there's a police report <laughs> in Santa Monica that people can go dig up. But there was a, a gentleman one night um, and uh, clean cut, really nice collared shirt, clean shaven. I mean, the guy looked really well put together and he's over at a bus stop and he's yelling at a bunch of people and screaming at people and he starts shoving uh, these people, yeah, he grabs this lady and he's he's got her and he's yelling at her, you know, I'm a I'm a United States Marine and he's like yelling and screaming this stuff and he's and he's just berating this woman, and it was just this visceral like reaction where I go, hey mother, you know, like I'm just like screaming at this guy, <laughs> and he turns and he looks at me and he bolts and I was like, so I approach the lady who's crying and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, he was just out of his mind and like, I said, but he looked. Uh, he didn't look like a crazy person, like, what's the deal? Called the police, uh, he had assaulted a bunch of people, and it turned out that, you know, this guy was a, a veteran, like, legitimately, and um, suffering from severe PTSD, and he was in a catatonic state. And this is something that not a lot of people talk about. Right. That, and, and a lot of people don't know it unless you've experienced it. Mm -hmm. Like, this guy legitimately was in a different world. He was in the world that he came from. And as somebody who suffers from PTSD myself, obviously not from combat, but from the trauma that I suffered as a child, I've been there. I've been in those places where I'm, I'm at a different, you know, I'm on, I'm in a different place. This, I'm not talking to, you know, somebody that, 
that I'm having a normal conversation with. The walls are different, the floor and ceiling's different, I'm in, I'm in this. So that was the condition of this guy and I started looking into that. Plus, I, I, I did not go a day, uh, whether it was downtown LA, whether it was down on Skid Row, whether it was going into shelters or talking to people and trying to get government assistance that I, I, I did not have a single day that I did not run into a new face of a veteran. These guys a lot of times are more educated than me they have more experience than me. They have a work ethic that's like out of control. They'd make a brilliant employee at any any company. My situation was bad, but these guys, like coming home from serving their country and then they gotta deal with this garbage, it, it lit a fire underneath me. And so this story that was just about a, a guy trying to get back to his son, yeah, get back to his kids and reconcile with his wife, that story, the military became a vehicle by which to, to tell it. Oh, you know? interesting. Yeah. That's what I love about the film that you've created here, I mean, that you've written. You've done it from a very true, almost uncomfortable position, right? It's super uncomfortable. Yeah, I you know. I've read some early reviews. I mean, he... Yeah, let's gets, talk about it that. It gets under people's skin, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm like, I can't wait to watch this film. So tell me the response that you've been getting. Um, we went to the Venice Film Festival and you know we rolled into there as the producers, as guys from Empower, great, like phenomenal. It's such a great group of people. Um, Ditto, uh, Ditto's wife, and uh, Shia. And so we, we're going into this festival and you know we were talking, we're like, holy cow, like this is where they booed Darren Aronofsky's The Fountain, which I love that film. This is where they booed The Tree of Life, like Terrence Malick's film. And so, you know, here we are showing this movie. Same place. And I'm like, we're gonna get killed. And it's your film. Yeah, I'm like, they're going to kill us. But we went in, the movie ended, I'm a mess. It was the first time I had seen it. Ditto's crying, I'm crying, Shia's crying, producers are crying, and, but you don't know, like you just don't know what's gonna happen. What they think. Yeah, 1,500 people, by the way. Wow. Lights come up, standing ovation, that runs for like Goodness. 10 minutes, and like everybody's clapping. I'm hugging strangers. I, I talked to this guy on the way out. He was, uh, he was one of the security guys. <laughs> he was one of, the, one of the drivers. Big, huge, like, uh, Russian dude. And he's just like, good film. You know, like, and he's just like, very good film. And he's like, totally just a mess. I and love we, that. yeah, and we get outside and we start talking about fatherhood. We start talking about being a dad. And people have, you know, on the critic side of things, have said heavy handed. They've said, uh, you know, it's all over the place, it's just a mess. But the concept, the idea of the film is to take somebody through Gabriel's uh, experience, Shia's experience of being in the mental state that he's in and thereby allowing the audience to understand what it's like. That moment, that's all that matters to me. I don't care about, I don't care about anything else. I don't make movies for wine tasting critics, like guys who don't make films, who haven't been in the trenches, who haven't suffered and sacrificed to like put their everything on the line to, to do it and to make a film. Who sit there and go, oh, I've read about this film. Oh yes, mm, ah, oh, it sucks, you know, like that. Those guys, like that, that just drives me crazy. That drives me nuts. 
it's the people. Everybody's talking about it on Facebook. Which is a shock. Like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't expected. It was just like we just want to you know make this movie and. This is definitely a project of love and just a lot of people yeah. sharing great information. But what's next? I mean, I'm hoping this is just the beginning of a whole trilogy of truth coming out of <laughs> Adam's Trilogy Sandy. of truth? Yes. I like that. That's awesome. But as far as me and what I'm doing uh, next, No Quarter. So it's a movie just taking people into the heart of child abuse and, and how do we address that and fix it and do it. But it's, it's a thriller. And it's incredible. It's an amazing film. I'm really proud of the script. It's going to go into production this year. It's going to go in 2017. Okay. Hell or high water. Like, I, I don't, I, you know, I got a director who's crazy enough to just go, let's just get some iPhones, man, and like run out to the <laughs> middle of the desert and shoot this thing. And I'm like, let's do it. So, and you got to be that crazy. You got to be that crazy and you got to be that persistent of just like, it's 2017, baby, we're making a movie. And it doesn't matter if we got five bucks or 500 million bucks, we're going out and we're making this thing. Incredible. So, yeah, Incredible. I'm excited about it. Thank absolutely. you for being so open and sharing with us. Oh, today. absolutely, it's the only way to live. Be 100% open and honest, that's it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. thank you, you're awesome. <laughs> I love your blazer. <laughs>